When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back to the Donna and Steve show on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Hey, coming up at 1045, I will tell you what to do if you encounter a grizzly bear. Wow. Just okay. as I promised on so, Friday. So you're going to have to watch alone because I mentioned that I'm watching alone and now we have my talker saying, hey, I'm binging through it as well. It is a survival show. It's on History Channel. You can watch some seasons on Netflix. Hulu has a bunch of seasons. Xfinity On Demand, blah, blah, blah. You haven't watched it yet, but you've gone knee-deep in this bear survival tactics. I do it for you. You did it with black bears first, and now you move to a grizzly bear. You got it, buddy. And by the way, I found out in season three or five, one of them, they encounter, they go to a place where grizzly bears are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's like worse than a black bear situation. Hey, Donna! Hey, what? No, I think Patagonia. Patagonia. I didn't know it was a place. Okay. I thought it was just a store. <laughs> and I'm being serious right now. Okay. All right. Uh, Last where, night... Wait, where is Patagonia? Uh, let's find out. Mm. Patagonia is South America. Okay. Be, no, no. Oh, no, no. No, no. No, where is Patagonia? If it says Mall of America... <laughs> Uh, Patagonia is in Argentina. Oh, there you go. Okay. It's a semi-arid scrub plateau. Well, that's mean. That covers nearly all of the southern portion of the mainland Argentina. Where is Argentina? Do you confidently know where Argentina is? Nope. I'm very bad with geography. I think Argentina is in South America. I don't know. Patagonia encompasses both Chile and Argentina. Did he just pronounce Chile, Chile? You're right, I did. I used to say Chile. It's Chile. Well, there's an E at the end. We have to say Chile. You can't say Chile. You sound like an idiot if you say Chile, right? Yes. And don't say Nicaragua. You sound dumb. It's Nicaragua! There you go. You get the roll of the... Okay. I stayed up until 1 a.m. last night watching David Foster hmm. off the record. Wow. Documentary that came out in 2019. The reason I stumbled, I certainly wasn't searching for it, but I stumbled on it with uh, on Netflix last night, just pulling it open. I think it's relatively new to Netflix within the last couple of days. Okay. There's a lot to take in. First of all, my first time ever encountering David Foster, knowing the name, was not on Real Housewives, which they do talk about, uh-huh. but was actually on an episode of American Idol, the Catherine McPhee season. Oh, you're, oh, so you, like, that he's was, always been on my radar as long yeah, as I've yeah, been in music radio. And I would imagine, because he is, you know, 16 uh, Grammys, maker. he's a yep. hit maker. Yep. He is behind some of the biggest, best songs that have ever been produced. 
I came to know him. I got his bio on American Idol that season. That's season five, I think. Catherine McPhee, Taylor Hicks went on to be your American Idol. Oddly, he was a mentor in one of the episodes. You know, fast forward now, he is married to Catherine McPhee, which, by the way, they talk about the age difference, all of that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, I'll get to that in a moment. First, I, I am I loved him on American Idol when I saw him just because I realized he was behind these songs. Then I watched a bit of this special called David Foster and Friends. It was somewhere in Vegas, and he just has one big-name star after another coming out and singing a song or two that David Foster wrote or produced for that singer. And so then I really see his prowess as, as a hit maker. One of the cool parts was you just get a lot of behind-the-scenes stories from these mega songs. So let's go back to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Don't play it just yet. He talks about the the what went into that, and there was this big back and forth about what song should Whitney Houston sing in The Bodyguard. There were a few other songs that they went back and forth with, and they thought, should we do this song? Should we do that song? One of the songs that they were going to do ended up becoming a big hit on the radio at that time, a remake of it, and so they said, great, we don't have to do that song. Now we can find something else. They found I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. Uh, so they listen to the Dolly Parton, uh, or they try to get the Dolly Parton version, and they can't. Uh, they can't get the tape of it. So then they go and they listen to the was it Linda Ronstadt version, and uh, they decide, oh, we're going to do this. And then David Foster calls your best friend Donna Dolly Parton, gets mm-hmm, Dolly mm-hmm. Parton on the line, and said, hey, we're going to do this. And uh, he said Dolly started saying to him, oh, this is ju- you know this is going to be perfect. And when Whitney gets to that. I'm wishing you joy mm-hmm. and happiness. It's going to be great. And David said, wait, what? What do you mean I'm wishing? That's not one of the lyrics. And she said, yes, it's a lyric. It's in verse three. Linda Ronstadt's version only had two verses. Oh. And that's the version that they were about to do. And Dolly said, no, David, David, this song, verse three is where it culminates. That's where the emotion comes to right. a crescendo. It really does. That's where you start crying. Yes. And then <laughs> not to mention that that's the part where musically David Foster chose to have, there's that build up. And, and then there's that. And- Right? Yeah, yep. you hear it's like the music oh stops. Here. And then, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, wow. Well, 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 that was good. They also um, had an argument. He had a big argument with Clive Davis about who was uh, Whitney's producer about whether or not the song should start a cappella. I believe David Foster didn't want it to. Clive Davis wanted it to. There was all this back and forth. Everybody had opinions. They had a heated conversation where Clive said at the end of the call. David, it'd be best if we'd both just hung up right now before one of us says something that we really don't mean. And uh, so they they hang up, they call back, and they end up doing the a cappella version, to which David Foster said, can you believe they ever even played this song on the radio? So they do all this setup, and then they have David Foster in the room, and then they play the song, and you see him, like, usually head in his hands, eyes closed, just listening to the song, and then commenting on it, which is just kind of a cool behind-the-music kind of a thing. After they do all this setup, uh, they let you listen to Whitney Houston. Let's just listen to a bit of the first verse, which ended up being, despite David Foster's best guess, a cappella. I really don't recall this song being released with that a cappella. Yes, he said that he was commenting on it and he was saying, Can you believe that radio played this back hmm. in 93 when the bodyguard came out? Yeah, because, you know, it would sound weird for DJs introducing <sighs> the song. Coming up next, you can win a 24 pack of Mountain Dew, but now Whitney Houston.
<laughs> and then all the music stops, and then it's just one voice. But And, of course, it crescendos. My daughter, uh, who is nine, really loves singing. And so I sat her down this morning, and I said, I want you to hear two things. I thought of you last night. You need to hear these two singers. So first I play her Whitney Houston, explain a quick backstory of Whitney's voice, and then she listens and is just like, whoa. Then uh, we go to... Celine Dion, and he tells this really cool story. If you're a fan of the music industry, I think you would enjoy this. Um, it's also a sad tale of one man's life in pursuit of success, I would argue. Mm. We'll get to that in a moment. But he hears about Celine Dion. He says he gets a tip from Celine Dion, uh, or about Celine Dion, who at the time was just a singer up in Quebec. And she had developed some sort of fame. He said, I didn't discover her. She already had something going on in Quebec. But he, he went up there, drove 100 miles in the rain, and goes to this tent or something like that and hears her sing and then essentially says you've got to you've got to come down to LA millions of people need to hear your voice and they will i want to work with you and uh he talks about this how he believes anytime he would get together with a singer this is David Foster we're talking about he believed that he was going to get the best vocal they had done to that point and that they would never get as good of a vocal out of themselves again that's how confident David Foster seems to lack no confidence wow. was when he had them in the studio to the point where he said i'm going to i'm just going to see what Celine can do so he wrote in this really big high long note in the song all by myself and just to see if she could do it. She did it, and then he said, I had her do it seven more times in the studio. Here is the big crescendo note from All By Myself. This is Celine Dion live in Boston from 2008, still hitting the same note. Then she turns it into a run at the end of that. How do you not just pass out on the stage? She holds it. She does a, a run. I mean, just really amazing. Another story of him being at a, a at a wedding with the Canadian Prime Minister. The Canadian Prime Minister was there. David Foster, also from Canada, he was at this wedding, and the Prime Minister at the time said, "You got to hear this guy who's singing. You just got to hear him." And David Foster said to the Prime Minister, "Look, I've been doing this for a long time. Okay, I like I don't need any more recommendations as right. to who the next guy <laughs> might be." And then he said, this guy comes out on stage, There's the, the music all goes away, and then you just hear, just snapping. It's Michael Buble. And then he goes on to <laughs> sing uh, Fever. And sure enough, uh, David Foster pulls Buble aside at the end of this wedding, and he goes from wedding singer to, you have got, here's $5,000, pay off all of your bills, mm. you're coming to L.A., you're going to stay in my guest house. We're, there is a, a lane that is empty that was voided by Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Nat That's King true. Cole and you know and you need to fill it. And then he comes down and he does it. Another thing he's going to perform a Celine Dion at the Grammys and they're going to do The Prayer, which by the way David Foster wrote and produced The Prayer, which is such a beautiful song that she does with Andrea Bocelli. Andrea Bocelli could not be there for the rehearsals at the Grammys. David Foster calls up a buddy of his who's a vocal coach, said, you have anybody who sounds like Bocelli? The guy said, I got 10 guys who sound like Bocelli. <laughs> he sends him 10 tapes. David Foster said the first three were just terrible. These guys were terrible. And then the fourth tape was Josh Groban. And at age 17, he pulls Josh Groban, who first said, no, I can't do it. I'm a baritone. I can't sing that song. Turned down an opportunity to sing Rehearsal at the Grammys with Celine Dion. Finally, he agrees. Foster calls him back and said, no, kid, like you don't have an option here. You're coming. Trust me. You're coming and sing this song with Celine Dion during rehearsals. Realizing that was him giving Josh Groban a chance. Of course, Groban goes on to his own high-flying success. Right. 
I uh, really interesting. I am just so um, loving your enthusiasm for this documentary. Well, I love behind the scenes music stuff. Yeah, me I, too. I, I, anything behind the scenes, I really enjoy. I will say this: that those are the parts that I really loved. And you know, I, again, I was showing my daughter this morning. You got to listen to Celine. You got to listen to Whitney. Uh, but. It is, a, it is also simultaneously, and I know we have about 60 seconds, it is a, a tale of the pursuit of success at the expense of families. He's been yes. married five times. Yes. And he was actually, this was, he, he produced this documentary, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but he was open with himself and, and, and with the audience saying, I'm a runner. Things get hard and I run. And he talked about the mistakes that he has made in his marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he has just left one family after another. Things get hard. And then he runs. And I mean, what an awful message. Do the opposite of what David Foster did in that regard. When <laughs> right. things get hard, do not run. Right. Run to your family. Stay in. Fight through it. Right. Face he it. Talks ab- he talks about that, which is sort of the sad part of the story. And he still has this pursuit of success of some days I feel on top of the world. Other days I feel like I'm a bum and I'm a fake. And he said, I, I drive myself into the ground and that's how I'll go out. Hmm. So know, it's a little melancholy in that way. I think if you like this, I wonder if you would like David Foster and his sons had a reality show. He for talks a while. about it. He yeah, ta- I would not like it. I do not like those sort of reality shows. He talks about the Real Housewives. He talks about it was Malibu Princes or something like that. Prince hmm. of Malibu. And Spencer Pratt was in that show. And it was all this kind of weird so I don't think I would like it that. It was more about his family, I think. His kids. Yeah, but then there were like those explosive moments. They were showing some clips from that, and I thought, that's the reality stuff that I just don't yeah, okay. go to quite okay. as often. So I like the glossier version. All right. It's called uh, David Foster. It's on Netflix now called Off the Record. Off the Record. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to watch it. Thanks, you Steve. It. You got it. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell you what to do if you encounter Grizzly Bear. Okay. All right. We'll get to that when we get tipsy up next on My Talk.